Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Expansion Pack Podcast, where we download this week's gaming news and we bring it to you each and every week. I'm your host, Denzel, a.k.a. Black Eyes 8, joined by my co-host, as always, starting off with Manny, a.k.a. Goopmaster Flex. You're no stay gooping. Stay gooping. And also joined by my guy, Chris, a.k.a. May 25th. What's going on, man? Hey, you know, same shit, different toilet, you know? All right. Today's the 4th of July. Today is the 4th of Happy July. Happy Independence Day, folks. <laughs> Happy 4th to you guys. I'm sure by the time you guys are watching this, it will probably be Tuesday, Wednesday, something along those lines. But, you know, mm-hmm. either way, happy belated 4th of July. We're here to talk about some games, guys. So it's been an interesting week in the industry, as it always has been <laughs> these past couple <laughs> weeks and months and so on and so forth. There's always some news, always something to talk about. Um, but before we get into the topics for the week, you know, we'll do what we always do here. So what is your gaming moment of the week, boys? Manny, I'll start off with you. Well, you already know, finally beat Mass Effect. I would say my gaming moment is saving the universe as your boy, the shepherd. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, after uh after we got off of some, you know, interesting Warzone games where, you know, I was screaming at Devin for some intel and we didn't get the intel, but Oh my god. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, play, yeah, right after uh played a couple uh games of Warzone with the boys, of course, you know, Chris and Denzel. Um Devin is of course from Balls Deep. And uh after that just once played Mass Effect 3, finally beat the game and I saw the Andromeda, but you know. I don't know if it's the same, you know. It's hitting that, yeah, it's not it ain't the same, man. It should have been a DLC, bro. That's yeah. all I got to say about that. Yeah. Should have been a DLC. Real quick, though, just want to say something about Manny's comment about the Warzone thing. Even though Manny was yelling at Devin to get intel about <laughs> Warzone, Devin was yelling back at Manny to get intel to help him and got oh, nothing. Shit. So I just want to defend Devin here real quick because... Manny was like in his zone, bro. <laughs> I was like, where is he? Where is he? That was flying in from the gulag, and I had like I was fighting two squads and I like down one squad and then like, next thing you know, I got a bounty chasing after me and it was like all red and I'm like, yo, Devin, where's he at? Devin, where's he at? But then you were like, Is he in the building still? And Devin was like, Which building? Is it the one you have marked? And Manny's just like <laughs> Can I get that tell? Give me the intel. It's like, yo, answer him. <laughs> yo, hilarious. I, I, it, was, it was an interesting one, but yeah. I, so I haven't caught a dub so far this week. I mean, I caught a dub in the first day of the season, but I just been, you know, rebirth, man. It's wild since I played rebirth. Everybody's talking yeah, about. I heard, I heard rebirth is good, but I don't know if I want to take it. You know, but other than that. Yeah, though. Back when Rebirth first came out, it was a little bit faster pace. So, yeah, yeah maybe mm-hmm. we should have been there today. Yeah, people love it. Maybe, yeah. you know, I still got to get a new PlayStation controller because of Drift. Oh, that's my God. other moment, the Drift. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a moment, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you wasn't playing a sports car game? You wasn't, you wasn't doing a racing game? You wasn't bro. drifting? No, I was just, you know, it's oh. it crazy because I was just walking in Horizon Zero Dawn, finally playing that, so get ready for Forbidden West. And next thing you know, my camera just like 
whoop, you know what I'm saying? Like, just cuts to the left and just does not stop. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Well, Chris, what's yeah, your moment of the week, the bro? Worst. Um, shit. What is my game of moment of the week? Um, I, I ain't gonna lie. I don't really have a big one. Um, I was playing Nine Banner yesterday with my Titan and actually having fun with it. I'll say that. Uh, that's probably my biggest gaming thing of the week. Uh, Titan? Yeah. I needed to do the bounties for Iron Banner on every character. So I did it for my Warlock first. Then I did it on my Hunter, which my Hunter drip now? I haven't revived him. He's been dead for like a year, but oh, shit. I'm looking kind of Kind of drippy. Pause. Oh, man. Um, well, uh, yeah, so I did that. I uh, I hooked up my Titan, got her looking dummy thick. Um, and I was having fun. I was actually having fun with the Titan class yesterday for the first time in a minute. So I did that for a while. And then that's, that's more or less about it for the gaming for me. I haven't really done too much gaming this week, to be honest. Did you finish Not up the mission? No, no, I'm, I was waiting for you. So okay. I, I'm whatever I can uh, get on with you, we can do that. Because I think that's the last seasonal thing I need to do for my Warlock. And then I started it on the other characters, too. But it, those ones are both on uh, the first part of the quest. So, Bruh, right after behind. this. Right after this, let's get into it, mm-hmm. man. I'm down to do that right, right after. So, yeah, okay. I'm, we'll work I'm, that out afterwards. But, yeah. <clears throat> so, for me, my gaming moment of the week... Uh, I'm in a very similar situation with Chris. I didn't really get a p- chance to play too much. Like obviously, I played Warzone with you guys. We did a little bit of um, Destiny as well, but uh, I did get a chance to fire up Doom Eternal after the big update that they came out with. Um, so they, for those who don't know, they added ray tracing into the game. They also uh, give you a performance mode that goes up to 120 frames per second, which. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to try that portion yet because I don't have a, a monitor that would support it. Although my monitor is in the mail or on the way, just got shipped out. So hopefully I'll get that within the next week or two. Uh, But the ray tracing mode, oh my God, it is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I just had this like realization as I'm playing it too. I'm like, this is a Microsoft, like this is now a Microsoft first party game that like they have the ability to... for those of you who haven't played Doom Eternal, it is already an absolutely beautiful game. Like it's kind of like a a mastercraft in that style of first person shooter. It's super fluid, fast paced action, so on and so forth. So to add like that extra level of fidelity with the ray tracing, like and it being like a first party Microsoft game, like I can only imagine what the next one will look like with micro with more of Microsoft's tech and resources behind uh, Bethesda. Oh man, like it's gonna be so yeah. much fun. Gaming is in such a good place. It's so it's so fun to see. Like we're getting more and more of these little extra patches of relatively older games. I think even Ratchet and Clank this week got a patch uh, to give it 120 hertz um, mode. And, you know, and that's already like a native PlayStation Five game. So you know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of these studios are starting to hit their stride with adding these features, really taking advantage of the hardware and whatnot, patching things after the fact. You know, and obviously we'll talk a little bit more about a couple other uh, games like Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I know that's getting a, a pretty big patch as well with the director's cut. So it's a good time to see, you know, these these older games 
getting the next gen treatment. And in, in addition to that, like seeing all the Endura games, you know, all the things that they have to offer. So it's really cool to witness that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that brings us to our next part here. Chris, you know, you're up, man. Hello, everybody. It's the summertime, but let's take it to a little bit more. I say Frio, if you understand what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Icebreaker time. This week's question uh, revolves around the idea that we have a plethora of video games. There's new video games that get made every single day. There's games who have huge ass fan bases like, <clears throat> excuse me, Warzone or uh, you know some of the Bethesda games and shit like that. And then there's also games who they're not like top tier, but like they got like their 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 audience, you know. So I guess my question today would be, what is the game that you think needs a push, just a push to get to the top tier? Not 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 saying it's dead or in the dirt or anything like that, but I mean it's it's doing okay, but it it, it could use one little one of those, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if that makes any sense, uh, I, I'll go first just to kind of give you guys context of what kind of answer I'm looking for here. Um, for me, hands down, hands down, bro, gotta be Titanfall. Like, there's, there's, there's no way that we don't talk about Titanfall if we're talking about games that just need a little something, right? And to me, that little something could be as easy as... I would love to see a part three get made. Yes, I would love that. That would be awesome. But all they got to do with this game, even if they stayed at part two, is advertise. That is all they have to do with this game. Advertise, promote it, put it in people's faces. Because when you play it, it's so good, and I don't play it all the time because um, you know, I'm, I play Destiny, I play all these other games, and plus it's like way more fun when you play with people. Mm-hmm. But if this was something that all of us played like religiously, I'd be in there like a lot type of thing, like a lot. The game is fluid; it feels good. There's like I don't have a lot of negative things to say about Titanfall in terms of like how to play the game. You know, it just feels good. Um. You t- you lo- you watch any other YouTube videos from people who made this game? You watch any other streams? The game is lit. It's just it just it ain't got that. It, it needs it. It needs that one mm-hmm. little. Needs the hype. Yeah, bro. Because I'm telling you, people who complain about Call of Duty and shit, if they would just play this, well, depending on if they like sci-fi stuff. Because if you're not into that, maybe you won't fuck with it. But if you played this, you would like lose half of your complaints. A lot of people are waiting on Battlefield and whatnot to come out, and which is rightfully so. But there are other fighting, not fighting games, other uh, shooters out there that are really good that just don't have the. Mm-hmm. Don't make me start talking about black from like a couple years back. I think <laughs> that out here too, man. Stop playing with me. Don't make me start doing it. You know, like an Xbox the, original game. Yeah. <laughs> if old, they old. ever announce a black two or a black revamped or black remastered, whatever, bam. I'm telling you, if you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you know, you know. You know what? Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like what would make Timefall like relevant again is giving that service model. You know what I'm saying? Make it a free to play and a live service mm-hmm. with these battle pass every season. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause they're yeah. already doing the Apex. Why not do a Timefall? Yeah. You know, Apex is your battle royale, but you know people want to play arena shooters sometimes. So I, 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 
<laughs> but at the same time, they just put an arena shooter mode in Apex. So. I know, I heard about that, but it's like, yeah. where are the Titans at? You know, I know. I feel like they're yeah. going to revisit it soon, though. I really do think Titanfall 3 will be a thing that we'll see maybe within the next year or two. Um, you know, and they'll try to keep the thing going with Apex. Like, obviously, Apex shouldn't and won't be going anywhere anytime soon. It's very successful. Mm-hmm. Some people consider it, like, the superior Battle Royale game, um, which, yeah. you know, can be debated, whatever. But, you know, people love it. And <clears throat> I think Titanfall is an amazing game. Like, I feel like it it came out in a bad time. I think EA, like, really did not set it up for success because if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, it came out right in between Call of Duty and Battlefield I think four or one. Yeah. Battlefield one releasing. So like it was like two of the bigger games in that genre. Like, you know, EA cannibalized themselves by both of them. Right. Yeah. yeah, It's just like, it was a bad move, but obviously the game is fantastic. Like people still rave about it, you know, from time to time. And even though it's not free to play at this point, it might as well be, it's pretty cheap right now. It's within Mm -hmm. game pass because of EA play. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I think a third one with good marketing would really take it over the top. I think you're right. That would really mm-hmm. put it in that upper echelon. Y- y'all don't think like a hub type of thing would work for them, like how they do with, like Call of Duty. You know, like how when you launch up Warzone and then you have the Warzone option in the middle, and then you have the multiplayer for for Modern Warfare on the right, and then you have the multiplayer for Call Cold War mm-hmm. on the left. Mm-hmm. Do you think if they just kind of meshed everything into one hub, that would also work better? Because I think. By default, if you're somebody who plays Apex a lot and you launch the game and you see Apex and then Titanfall and da 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 da, wouldn't that? It's true. Maybe help it. It might. It might. Yeah, and also might feel like too. You know, like we've seen the success of Apex. Like, you know, if to come out with a Titanfall three, I'm sure more people will definitely want to play because of how successful Apex has been. So I think the success success of Apex has also helped Titanfall two already. Because I think, you know, that uh, what was it? Was it like a couple months ago? There was this day, like a sat- random Saturday, where everybody yeah. decided that they were going to fire up the game. And, like, they saw record numbers. So I do think Apex has helped it a lot. And, yeah, if you if you bust out a, th- uh, a third version of it, you, like, you know, come with all the next-gen graphics and all that stuff and add a couple new mechanics to the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it could take it to the top, like, Make it that upper echelon of uh, games because you know we we already know the pedigree of that studio, right? Respawn, like they they used to be Infinity Ward. Yeah. Infinity Ward made Call of Duty, like you know. Th- then in the ba- back in the day, they made Medal of Honor. Like they know how to make really good shooters, and they know how to um, make those shooters like appeal to the masses. So yeah, mm-hmm. I can I can see the next Titanfall really kind of being the crossover that they they need. I think, but yeah, definitely. All right, Manny, your turn, yeah. bro. What you got? <laughs> sure. Nah, so, um, you know, I guess we're talking about these games. I feel like, especially, with, you know, it kind of ties into today's topic, but I feel like Returnal might need that little oomph. You know what I'm saying? We talk about how it's not worth the $70 game. Interesting. I feel like Returnal, if it, you know, it has that, like, Risk of Rain vibes. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a survival shooter, mm. and like you're going through these levels and everything like that. If they add the element of like not co-op, but like a multiplayer mode where you have like 
you know, maybe four people as well as you're surviving, I feel like that might be a solid game. That could be worth seventy dollars. You know, like I haven't I'm not gonna lie, I haven't touched return in a while, but like the part of the reason is because we all play games together, so it's kinda hard to like set that time aside to, you know, go back and return on and dive in. But if they did have that multiplayer mode, like I'm sure I know like a couple of our friends love, you know, Risk of Rain, so you know, Returner wouldn't be any different for them. Yeah. So I just feel like if you add that element of a multiplayer survival mode, like <clears throat> like Risk of Rain, where it's like endless you know, realms or whatever, I feel like that would take the game to the next level of Man. becoming like relevant. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe that next good game. If 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 so you and I could play that ready. game together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that <laughs> changes everything, man. Co-op makes a game so much better. And I know that like there's so, certain scenarios where that's not entirely true and sometimes it falls flat. Like uh Dead Space 3 is an example that a lot of people reference. Like they feel like it takes away the horror aspect, but mm-hmm. overall games are so much more fun when you're playing with your friends, doing stupid stuff, like ugh, yeah, Returnal. That's actually yeah. that's a really good one, Manny. I thought you were gonna say something else. Um <laughs> I really did. Surprised. I'm really surprised, like, now that you say that, that they don't already have that in the game. Because mm-hmm. games like that generally do, you know what I mean? Like, when mm-hmm. you're fighting these big-ass beasts and whatever, and then, like, co- co-op is almost a given in these types of games. So it's actually really interesting that they don't got that. It's got to be a budget thing. But, uh, but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that <laughs> soon. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think for my pick... It's it's gonna be weird, and it's actually a game that Chris mentioned. Funny enough, but uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Battlefield. Now, Battlefield obviously is a top tier game. You know, there are a lot of people who do love the game, but it's not the top dog in its genre, right? Like everybody knows, Call of Duty's king. Um, as far as what the game would really need to be a Call of Duty, I do think a marketing push could could definitely help out. And to be quite honest, I think EA is starting to do that. Like the hype that's being generated around this new Battlefield, it's unprecedented, right? Like I think EA positioned it in a really good place. What they showcase with the trailer has a lot of people intrigued. Um, I think if you can come out with a cohesive Battle Royale mode, even though I know that that may not be something that everybody wants, I think you can spread the gamut out by having... You know, your your basic battlefield, like traditional modes like Rush and um, what's the other one? Bomb? Uh, I forget what it is, but there's, there's I know Conquest is one. Con- no. Conquest, Conquest and Rush. That's it. Yeah. Those are the two fundamental modes for Battlefield. So if you have that mode and then you have a Battle Royale mode and add whatever other elements you want to add to it, I think like having that variety in Battlefield could really help it, you know, go over the top because... You know, we talk about it all the time, right? Like Warzone, one of the best things about Warzone is it's relatively unpredictable. Like those battlefield, what we used to call battlefield moments, they happen a lot in Warzone now, right? Crazy moments where you're in a helicopter and you do some crazy thing where you drop it on someone's head or like the thing I love to do of like dropping in, grabbing the helicopter and then killing a bunch of people with the with the blades from the helicopter. Like that stuff is fun. And it's like, it's a sandbox thing where it's like, maybe not entirely what the developer intended for you to do with it, but it exists in the game. And it's a thing where you can kind of create your own stories. Battlefield did that stuff first in like a very unique way. And I think now is a good time for them to kind of 
make their push and, and really push themselves over the top. I think a good marketing campaign is really the only other thing outside of what we're seeing so far with 2042 that would put it over the edge. Mm. Man, just to Definitely. piggyback on what you're saying too, bro, this is their best opportunity to take over. Their, their best opportunity. Because like, I haven't seen anybody this hype for a Battlefield game, and I haven't seen people this down on Call of Duty as a franchise in a long time. And like, there's just so many things in place here for Battlefield to succeed if they do the right things. And yeah, no, I, I agree with that, man. They, they, they are right there, right there, right there. They just need one thing. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I do have another one too. And it's actually the one I thought Manny was going to say, but um, I don't want to spend so much time on it, but I think the other one that would really benefit from a good push is actually PUBG. PUBG needs, oh man, <laughs> I I still think that fundamentally PUBG is the superior battle royale game to like all the other ones. It's just not well optimized. Like if you just mm-hmm. if you just I don't know if if Sony or Microsoft or someone bought them and then like made them remake Battlefield or sorry not Battlefield remake PUBG with a completely different engine that worked well. And you made the controls more fluid, like like the the running and all that stuff, like your general movement. If they made all that stuff more fluid, hands down, I think PUBG would be an absolutely amazing game. Like I love everything about the way PUBG is structured. Like I enjoy the way you you parachute in. I enjoy the the way the loot grind works. Like how you have to, you know, look for you find a gun, then you find different attachments, and then you can like mess with all the different attachments in whatever way you see fit while you're on the battlefield in comp- in comparison to like Warzone, right? Warzone, most of the guns are already set up the way that they're set up when you mm-hmm. loot them. Obviously, you have your loadout drops that, you know, you could have customized your gun way back when, but it doesn't li- it doesn't lend itself to like a lot of flexibility in the moment. The thing I used to love about playing PUBG was, okay, I have an M4 you know, uh, what was it? The M416. That was the, the gun that I think we always used to use a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So you have the M4. And in this particular engagement, like you only need like either iron sights or a two time scope. So that's what you would put on in the moment. Right. But then situation arises where you're having more long term engagement. So you want to put on a four time scope or a six time scope. Like there was just a lot more flexibility about whatever engagement you were tackling in the moment in comparison to Call of Duty, where it's just like whatever gun you pick up you're stuck with that gun, whether it's long range, short range, whatever. Um, so yeah, I miss that about PUBG a lot. Hmm. I know. So it's, uh, it was, it's sad because it's the, we started all this, but like, that's it. They only started it. Mm-hmm. They ain't really like, you know, they ain't take the crown. They didn't, yeah, they and didn't evolve. At except all. for, except for like the mobile, like I know the mobile market is very huge for PUBG and they're actually making a new PUBG futuristic, like battle rail version of yeah. it. But, but even that, it doesn't look that much different than the mobile one. Like, it doesn't, I don't, at least, I, I guess I don't know enough. I'm not in tune enough with, like, the mobile game stuff. But, like, when I saw it, I was like, this looks just like regular PUBG. They just, like, maybe move the time frame a little bit. But, I don't know. Yeah, Very know. weird. Very weird to me. Yeah. But, mm. yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah, ice Chris. Remind me of Battlefield, man. Dude, we're switching the attachments on the fly. God yeah. Like, that's, that's cool. Like, that... I he was in the middle of a fight and he just went like this and this shit just started. Yeah, 
I'm curious to see how that's going to work out. Because I think the thing that I liked about the way it was set up in PUBG was the, the, the scarcity of it. Like you had to find the attachment and then you could have it in your backpack and, it, you know, you had only so much space in your backpack. So there was inventory management yeah. stuff happening on the fly. Like it was just a different component to the game. And, you know, I also like if I if I found a six time scope or something and I knew, like, for example, Isaiah loved to snipe. So it was like, oh, anybody need a six times or an eight times? And it was usually always Isaiah. So if I found one, I would go bring it to my teammate. Right. Like there was like a level of camaraderie and like that survival element to it. And yeah, like that just doesn't exist in other games. Like I know Apex has, you know, attachments that you can pick up and whatnot, but it does, it's still not the same as how it felt with PUBG. And I, I miss that. I miss that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's dive into the topics for the week. Definitely got a decent amount to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to talk about our first story here. It's actually got to do with uh, good old Mr. Hideo Kojima. So I know we've God, talked about God. it in the past. You know, this rumored game that he's doing with Xbox um, that nobody seems to know anything about other than that. It's supposed to be some sort of cloud based game. Um, (laughs) It's 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 so funny because it's like it's the game that literally all of us have been talking about and nobody knows anything about at all. Like we have no name. Mm -hmm. We have nothing. But, you know, it is exciting to hear about a a Hideo Kojima project because there's always shouted a mystery. It's always something interesting. And people, you know, he's an icon in the industry. People love him. So um, mm-hmm. we did get some news this week coming from uh, Jeff Grubb over at uh, GamesBeat. <clears throat> he basically reported that Hideo Kojima and Microsoft have signed a letter of intent that states the two parties intend to work out the details of a publishing agreement for a new Xbox game. So basically, the key part of the negotiation is that as long as everybody agrees to do the things that they say that they're going to do, because the contract hasn't formally been worked out yet, they're basically going to go ahead and, and get this game done. It seems like it's kind of an obvious thing, right? Microsoft's been gearing up to get this stuff going. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, uh, Microsoft just hired Kim Swift, who used to work over at Google on Stadia, and supposedly Ko- uh, Kojima was working with her at Stadia to make that cloud-based game. So... Um, yeah, apparently now, you know, everything's full steam ahead on Xbox. Supposedly, it's going to be like a horror game. Um, very interesting concepts. Uh, you know, Kojima hasn't straight up said that this is what he's doing, but he did have an interview where he kind of alluded to the idea of he wants to make a horror game that works for people who get scared of playing horror games. Like, I know a lot of people who mention this. You know, we have we have a, a mutual friend, Felix, who um, is in a very similar situation. He loves to watch play, us playing horror games, right? Like, I think you watched Manny, your playthrough of uh, Resident Evil, but he's, mm-hmm. like, too scared to play them. And Kojima says that's a that's a, a a problem that he wants to solve. I don't I don't understand how you do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't understand how you solve that problem, but it's very intriguing to me. Like, <clears throat> and, and, and you're doing it in the cloud. You know, I think that's another large mystery of this topic is what does a cloud based game mean? Are we talking about a game that you can only play like streaming or is it a game that's, uh, that basically utilizes the cloud? Like it, it renders most things locally, but certain things will render in the crowd similar to, um, like crackdown, you know, crackdown, a lot of things, uh, like the physics based stuff was rendered in the cloud. So like, you know, there's, there's a lot of 
questions around this whole thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think, what you guys are expecting to see from this game. Um, so, Manny, I'll start off with you, man. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting because, you know, it's something that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks, if not months. So, you know, to see that, you know, see more progress, you know, happening between these two, Kojima and Xbox, um, you know, hopefully, you know, like I like how you mentioned, like a horror game that like people who scare horror games can't play that will play, you know. For me, when I played Village, the only reason, the only way I was beating that was when I had uh, everybody watching on the stream. I couldn't let them down, so that's why I was <laughs> able to beat it. But if I was playing by myself, I probably still have not touched past the the castle. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, you know, very excited. I mean, we know, you know, with this last product, that's stranding. I mean, very mixed reviews. But like, if he goes back to like more like a action horror type game like well we know like metal gear wasn't like action horror but like you know we've seen pt like you know how that was like their horror game that was supposed to be like silent hills but then ended up you know getting canceled and well we talk about that later of course but if it's like you know like another silent hill slash resident evil type of game you know like it would be very dope, especially if it does take advantage of these cloud-based servers. We, you know, we see Xbox. Um, I think actually recently the Game Pass thing actually went through on iOS and uh, laptops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, imagine just seeing like I know it would be weird, but like a cloud-based strictly only game like that you could only play in the cloud, like on your phone, or whatever. It would be pretty dope to see how it would work, yeah. or if it would be like. You know, like you could play on your Xbox Series X, but you know, like the optimizations are different. But so yeah, I'm you know excited to see what comes up with this. Um, you know, hopefully we we'll get more news in upcoming weeks about yeah. this game. I'm sure we'll get news whenever they finally mm-hmm. like actually get this contract done. I I don't know if I've ever heard of something like this. This letter of intent is it's very interesting. Yeah, it's very almost weird. like. Yeah. Uh, like okay, now we're at this point where you you technically can't really break off of a relationship, like but we don't have an actual contract yet. Like it's a very weird in between point that I've, I've I've never necessarily heard of, but I guess is relatively common practice according to this article here. So yeah, it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but yeah, Chris, what do you think of this man? Um, honestly, in terms of like what I'm expecting. Whatever I'm expecting, I'm not going to hold you. I kind of expect it to not fully make sense to me. Right? So, let me explain. <laughs> the Kojima way. <laughs> yeah. there's there's Kojima makes really good games. Because, like, fundamentally, I'm playing a Metagross Solid game. Really, really fun stuff. I can't sit here and tell you that the stories make too much sense to me. Because they, they, they don't. And it's the same thing with uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding, on paper, looks cool. But if you sat down with somebody who's played that game and you said, hey, explain to me what this is about, they're going to struggle. <laughs> they're they're going to struggle. to t- So whatever we get from this dude, I'm thinking it's going to be weird. And I, I'm, I'm going to be real. I don't think I fully operate on his frequencies. So like, <laughs> if I don't get the context broken down to me, sometimes it just goes over my head or it just doesn't make sense or whatever the case is. So, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be weird. I don't know how they're going to do this horror thing that they make friendly for people because horror is horror. Like, it's just, you can't, how do you, I don't know. That's like trying to shoot a, a slasher flick 
but then he, his his weapon of choice is like a, a teddy bear. That doesn't make sense to me. You can't do that. <laughs> you cannot do that. Um, I can understand how in games like Grounded, right, where they had like the arachnid thing or whatever, and you were able to kind of like, I don't know, uh, mess with the strip it down. Settings. Yeah, you could strip it down a little bit to make it less like you know intimidating to you, but. I don't see how you do that. Like, how do you take a Resident Evil game, for example, or a Silent Hill game, for example, or even the medium, and make it more friendly for folks who are too scared to play? Like, I don't, I don't get how you do that. I don't, I don't see that working. So um, here's here's something that came to mind, and I think um, <clears throat> I don't remember who it was that I heard say this, but it it made sense to me. I don't know if this is the way that Kojima is going down the road, but if you think about the Dark Pictures anthology. Mm. Technically speaking, that's a way for someone who enjoys watching horror things but doesn't need to doesn't want to have full control over everything to play a horror game, right? Like although I don't necessarily find those games particularly scary, but there is a horror element to it and <clears throat> you're watching it largely the most control you have is just selecting like your responses and so on and so forth. There's some moments where you're walking through the world but like largely the the control is stripped away from the player. I guess that's one way that you can solve that problem. But knowing Kojima, he's not going to do what someone else already did. So yeah. I'm just curious what in his like mind is a way to game? Yeah. You know what I would love? I want something that's like, and I think he would knock this out of the park because he's weird. Make a game that's like Pitch Black. Y'all remember that movie from years ago yeah. before it became the Riddick series and yeah. it was Pitch Black was the original? I want something like that, bro. Something that's like sci-fi alien heavy very very big on darkness and stuff like that in the actual visuals of the game and 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 have that be your horror thing that would be super duper cool bro because hmm. that's not it's in the same boat as dead space and scorn and some of those other games that are coming out but it's still not it's almost in its own thing when you're doing sci-fi whether you're writing video games or whatever you have like free reign to kind of make it what you want to make it so i'm like dude do something like this because that's gonna be kind of cool in my. If I see that, I'm gonna go crazy. Not gonna lie, Pitch Black's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I want something like that. I think you made a good point about like how much free reign you have to do something when you're working with sci-fi, and that's why I think it largely. I, I feel like that also largely translates to horror as well. Like, hmm. if your horror is grounded in sci-fi and not necessarily as much reality. Because that's why I think this is perfect for him. He's going to knock this out of the park because when you look at Metal Gear, right? Metal Gear, when you first look at that game, like when you first start playing the game, right? It appears to be grounded in reality. And then it takes these turns where you yeah. have weird stuff like like Praying Mantis and so on and so forth. And it gets weird. And sometimes that can lose people, even though I still think those games are great. Um, but... Death Stranding is another way where it's like, okay, you start off playing, it seems like it's grounded in reality, but it completely loses me in particular. And maybe not everybody felt that way. But if you start off in a place where it's like, this is weird, this is supposed to be weird, it's supposed to be horror, it's supposed to be this, this is supposed to be that, like you've already started off with that baseline with sci-fi or horror, like it's perfect. I, I feel like that's a perfect lane for him to be in. Um, you know, he obviously has all these different things that he wants to tackle. Like, I know he's he's when he talked about Death Stranding, he talked about um, the idea of like 
a community or like a, a communal experience. I don't know how that translated over to Death Stranding. I didn't finish the game, so <laughs> I didn't get that. But I would imagine that some of that has to translate into this new cloud game, right? Like maybe there's some level of multiplayer or co-op or something along those lines. I just feel like it's one of those things that we all can agree. Hideo Kojima has the acclaim and the the creativity is the right word I was looking for. The creativity to pull off something that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind it. I, I mean, my thing is with the cloud thing too that I'm kind of worried about. So when you're making a game that can run for the on the the cloud service, do you have to like hold yourself back in terms of how intricate you make the game on a building it level, or do or is it like you just build the game like normal? I think it's the opposite, right? If you have the cloud, I think you you have more free reign to do whatever the hell it is you want, right? Like you might so uh, for for example, right? Uh, Flight Simulator. That game is coming to console. They said the only way that game could come to console is because of the cloud, because of how sophisticated that game is, because of the fact yeah. that, and for those of you who don't know, they literally mapped the entire world with Bing Maps and put that in a game where you can fly to literally any point in the world at any given time. You can land, you can do all these different things, and that's like petabytes of information sitting up in the cloud that obviously a gaming system can't handle. Um so that you can fly anywhere, right? So that's like high level of complexity using the cloud. So if anything, I think using the cloud allows you to do way more, right? You can make the game bigger. You can probably, like, when you're, put it to you like this way, when you're shifting resources from the local box, the local machine, and you're shifting it to the cloud, whether it's like you streaming in different assets or you're rendering the physics in the cloud or something like that, it leaves more room on the box to, to maybe have better graphics, right? Um, or, I don't know, all types of random different things. But I think... So both, they, they work together. Right. They don't work, mm-hmm. Okay. I, I see. My understanding was that the cloud service was almost like a replacement for the box kind of thing. I think that's I the thing that. we don't know entirely about this okay. game. But most cloud-based games, like like Flight Simulator, they use both. So there's like the game is rendered in some level on the device. Like I think your your plane is rendered on the device or whatever. But the environment around you is being streamed in from the cloud. That's crazy. I yeah. did not know that. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess we're gonna see what that looks like. I mean, I think people are really really curious because. <laughs> I think well, light bulb like, just went when, off. when you when you broke it down like that, right, and then we go back to the whole sci-fi thing, dog. Like again, if you are able to do whatever you want to do, say you want to just create your own, not even a full galaxy, but like a section of a galaxy, that's enough to work with, right? Right. And you render it in via the cloud, like how you're saying they do with this flight simulator. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Because then you really could do what you want. Like you could like. Wow. Okay. All right. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. It's yeah. Different. No, but the, but the the possibilities that it opens up is like it's virtually endless, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. nutty. Like you could make a gravity game if you wanted to, like technically, right? Like yeah. You, you could do that. You mean like Gravity the movie? The movie. Yeah. 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 I, I knew what you meant, but Manny made a face, so I just wanted to clarify. I was like, Gravity. You were talking about <laughs> the thing that keeps us down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could make a whole game in space, right? Like you could make 
So No Man's Sky, right? No Man's Sky does something similar to what I guess cloud computing could do, but it does it like it procedurally generates a world in real time. Like every world is different. Like like when you're playing No Man's Sky, one, the world that I would go to isn't necessarily the same as the world that you go to because the game is constantly making new worlds and new areas to fly to in real time. If No Man's Sky used cloud technology, they could like map an entire galaxy with the cloud that would be the same galaxy that you go to that I go to that every single person goes to and like they would have a lot more room to work with so like you would think in theory if if Bethesda if things go really well with Starfield That's, right that was my next thing I was going to yeah yep. like if things yep. go really well with Starfield yep. like boom the next game you Damn. can imagine it might be cloud powered maybe this one is cloud powered maybe that's why you know we haven't heard as much about it yet maybe that's like the sure. next thing so there's so many possibilities that get opened up with all this cloud computing stuff. So I think that's largely why Kojima wants to do something like this. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited for where it goes, but. So one, one, one last question. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So like, if you don't have the box, right. Cause you're supposed to be able to stream from cloud gaming on your cell phone, tablet, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Say you don't own a box at all, or mm-hmm. you own an older system or something. Mm-hmm. Does that mean when you play like something like the flight simulator that, you're going to have issues when it comes to it rendering what it's supposed to render. Because if the box is supposed to handle a certain responsibility and so is the cloud, then how does that work if you don't have the box? I don't know for sure, but what I would imagine is, okay, so if you, if you think about how cloud computing, sorry, not cloud computing. If you think about how cloud gaming works right now, like mm-hmm. xCloud in particular, all you're doing is telling your phone or your computer or whatever to use its screen as a way to play like an Xbox on their server. So I guess in theory, nothing changes, right? It's just you're rendering the... So, okay, so if if on an Xbox Series X, right, you're rendering the plane and a couple things locally on the computer or on the, the Xbox, the way I would imagine it is that you would be rendering like the, those same types of things on the server, like in the cloud. I know we're like getting super deep in the weeds on this. But, no, but people need to know this. Oh, no, no, totally, totally. I, I don't know. I, and that's the thing. I don't know for sure, but I'm just like hypothesizing here. So like if you have the game on the server, like the server itself that, that Microsoft has is your Xbox, right? So all that local stuff is happening on Microsoft's Xbox server. And then it still goes out and talks to whatever cloud-based server it is that's rendering the rest of the world. You get me? Like, it's just a two-part system. But in this instance, Microsoft has an Xbox for you on the cloud already, and you're just using that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I guess then uh, my last question would just lead to you don't even suffer graphically or anything like that when it's done that way. That's theory, crazy. No, the, wow. only, the only thing that you'd be limited by is, like, your own connection, right? Mm. So, like, if, you're, if your connection... Like, you know, let's say you're on 5G or whatever, right? You're probably okay. But if you're on like a crappy Wi-Fi at home, you might have some issues and you might have some latency issues. And that's really all. And that... it'll still run at like 60, 120 if you wanted to. Mm, that part might be funky. It re- you'd have to have really good internet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. You'd have to have really good internet <sighs> to be able to do like 4K 60 or even 1080 60 is like. Well, most Tricky. phones not really like. I mean, you might have like a fourteen forty p to play on your phones, but not really. Well, 4K, but like, right? but like, you know, so there's so many different things, right? So we could be talking about your phone. Yeah. We could be talking about your laptop. We could be talking about True. your TV. Like, 
that's, that's when your data numbers start true. to go up. Like your data numbers must like skyrocket if you're right. If you're streaming that level yeah. of fidelity, yeah, mm-hmm. makes mm. sense. I, I have a feeling we'll be we'll we'll be talking about this a little bit more closer to the end of the year. I feel like this cloud gaming stuff is going to come way more into the forefront with, by the end of the year. There's um, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, but um, but yeah, speaking of Kojima. Now we'll, we'll get off of Kojima news. We're going to talk about his uh, former employee here, Konami. They got some pretty nutty news that we've pretty much all been kind of suspecting may happen for some time now. But um, Ko- Konami and Bloober Team, the creators of the Medium and um, the Blair Witch game and so on and so forth, they have entered into a partnership, a strategic partnership, where they're going to be working on an unannounced title. Let's review here, ladies and gentlemen. We all know that it's going to be Silent Hill. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems way too obvious. You ju- you just made like they just made a game, the medium that like lends itself to a lot of what we may have been thinking about Silent Hill. Obviously, the Silent Hill, um, the former Silent Hill. Oh my God, composer is it? Yeah, composer. Yeah, composer uh, was working with Blooper Team on the medium. So. You know, when he said straight up, he was like, I'm I'm ready to work with them on whatever they do next. Like, good, good chance it's probably going to be Silent Hill at this <laughs> point. Um, so, you know, with that with that news, you know, obviously it's something we've talked about before, but I want to get your guys uh, take on it now that it's officially confirmed that they are working with Konami. It still isn't confirmed that it's Silent Hill, but come on, it's Silent Hill. So, Chris, <laughs> I'm going to start off with you, man. What do you think about this? Um, I think it's long overdue. Um, people have been really, really waiting for another Silent Hill game for a while. Um, which is funny, too, because it used to seem like back in the day when Resident Evil would drop a new game, or Capcom would drop a new Resident Evil, that it wouldn't be too far behind it to see a Silent Hill come out. Whereas now it seems like, you know, the Resident Evil games come out pretty, pretty periodically. <laughs> I'm trying to use two PP words next to each other. Pause. Pause. Two PPs. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it. You know, but um, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, it, it, yeah, it's just long overdue, man. I hope that this one comes back with a vengeance. Because when was the last Silent Hill we got? Like, what year did that come out? I mean, technically it was PT, but after that, I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. It's it's just been a while since they had like an actual stake in anything, in my opinion. So yeah, I think it's good. I think um. I think, you know, the one of the things I'm really, really excited to hear about going forward as they keep trying to, like, you know, develop it, is there's a lot of things in the medium that I, I, I like. You know, there's a lot of, like, elements that they added to that game that are really, really good that hopefully they do, like, borrow and put it in this new Silent Hill. So, for example, like, I, like I said, I've never even, like, touched medium really like that because I've been saving it for the October shit. But, like, just the idea of, like, say, for example, the, the mall and the fact that you can't kill it. Like, when it comes around, you can't mm. kill it. You have to find a way to strategize around surviving around it, but you can't kill it. Stuff like that, I think, is really cool. And hopefully, you know, they're able to take some of that and add it into this newer game. Um, plus, you know, they got a, some big shoes to fill, too. I'm actually kind of happy that Resident Evil's been having the success that they've been having. Because of them being this, like, far up on the totem pole now, it's like Silent Hill games kind of have to hit. Like, you have to come up with something wild. Mm-hmm. You know, and I haven't played Village yet, but just from hearing a little bit, y'all talk about it with the whole vampires and the werewolves, blah, 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 and all this stuff. Sounds like they took a whole other direction on things. Sounds like it's still very much Resident Evil, but just a whole other layer to the story. They, yeah, Silent Hill got to come 
hard, bro. They gotta like really, really, really come with 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 the goods. You know, they gotta mm-hmm. they gotta really show out for this. Um, there's also parts of Outlast I wish that they were taking that to the game too, because I think Outlast is super slept on, and a lot of people don't talk about that shit. But there's parts of that like I really enjoy as well that they should put into this newer game. TLDR, it's a good thing that it's happening, mm-hmm. and it's long overdue. That, that's all I'm trying. I would argue though your Outlast comment. I would argue Outlast is um, heavily influenced like these horror games recently. I think it's influenced it's Resident up. Evil. I think it's influenced mm-hmm. that medium game because if you think about what Outlast is, right? It is a game where you just you're running away from like a villain or a monster. You're trying to outlast the villain, right? You can't fight back. You're literally just trying to run around, hide, so on and so forth. That element has played itself out in Resident Evil. Although Resident Evil technically did it first with Mr. X, but we saw that Mr. X had more of an emphasis in the remake that they made for 2 and 3 and um, Village. And for that matter, 7. 7, like actually really did kind of dive into the whole Outlast theme. So I think it's had a heavy influence on gaming. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess the medium too, right? You can't kill the thing in the medium. You just have to keep moving and, and try to yeah. outlast it in a way. So I, I think Outlast had a, a very huge impact on gaming because that was like, when that came out, that was a juggernaut, man. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a hitter. Like people, it was a hitter. It, it like kind of flowed over into pop culture in a, in a sense because it was one of those things that people like really would sit down and play and like, like that's where we really started to get the let's plays of, of horror games, watching people react. Yeah. To that. Um, so yeah, I think Outlast has had a huge impact on gaming for sure. Um, but yeah, Manny, what do you think about the news, man? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say, you know. Bloober, the creators of media with this news, this news is kind of large, if you know what I mean. I had to throw that joke in. I had to throw that joke in. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, boy. You know, it's, it's always exciting because I remember, you know, like, we were talking about, like, the survival horror genre. Like, it hasn't, like, obviously recently it has, but, like, you know, before it's just, you know, there wasn't that many of these games that, you know, it was just basically Resident Evil that was, like, the throne. And, like, you know, you have these side games, like, outlast and you know that little demo with pt but it's good to see that konami is finally going to do something with hopefully another horror game because i mean bloober we've seen them they made layers of fear so like and the medium so it wouldn't be a surprise if they made a horror game or else it'll be like okay why <laughs> just why if it's like something else like a, yeah if they were making like metal gear or something like, <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> it's like but so like you know, it's very exciting. Um, you know, like Chris mentioned, how, like, you know, maybe they will take the route of, like, Outlast and how that was, like, kind of like a first-person horror running away from these enemies kind of thing, where, like, we know the medium was, like, third-person, but, you know, maybe they could take a step further and go with that first-person route, like how PT was when, you know, when we all played PT back then. So, um, hoping to see that kind of route when it comes to this next survival horror Silent Hill game. Because, I mean, we even seen Resident Evil do it themselves, that first-person horror. Um, like, yeah, you could defend it for yourself, but, I mean, like, Resident Evil 7, like, the the dev said, it was so scary that they had to dumb it down for Resident Evil 8. So, like, if you get, like, something like that, where it's, like, even though, yeah, you can't defend for yourself, I mean, like, it, that doesn't mean you can't make the game scary. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, like I said, we've seen that with Resident Evil 7. So I'm hoping we get, like, a, a really scary horror game that, you know... 
that what I would have to stream in order to play because you know that's how that's how it'd be seven and eight. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you know that's what I would like to see. You know, even if it isn't Silent Hills and it's just like a new take in a horror game, but I mean, realistically, it probably is gonna be Silent Hills. You know, they're sitting on these, you know, these franchises that yeah. are money makers that they're not taking advantage of, like Metal Gear, like Castlevania stuff like that. That will, you know, hopefully see in the future that you know maybe they'll reach out to other companies like, hey, I know we haven't done a great job on Metal Gear uh, Survival or whatever, kit, you know. How about you do this for us, like into a different company? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this might this might be a trend that we see from Konami, and you know, hopefully it all uh, ends well. I think it is the trend for sure. Um, and I actually have a question to piggyback off of that, but I did want to make another comment about the whole Silent Hill thing. Um, so so a it, again to reiterate, it 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 feels like it most likely makes the most sense for it to be Silent Hill because why would you work with a horror team to make a game that people have been, you know clamoring like to not make the game people have been clamoring for is what i should say um but also if it was like a new ip if i'm blooper team that would be the dumbest move to like go work for konami of all people to work on a new ip that would be weird um but yeah i'm I'm hoping that they get a chance to like really show their their chops and like show people what they can do obviously the medium was a pretty good game but it didn't really get as much critical acclaim, you know, it was relatively speaking, like a double A game, I guess you would say. But, you know, mm-hmm. being able to work with Konami and obviously Konami would be invested in, you know, shelling as much money as needed as need be to make a triple A version of their game. So I'm hoping that that really happens for them. They obviously need to like come correct with this because Resident Evil, like we talked about, has had the throne for a while. But, you know, the flip side of that coin, too, is like it seems like there's just like emergence of this horror genre now right like people people really want to reinfuse stuff into it like we know or we don't know but the rumor floating around is dead space is coming back right like that's another one of those games we talked about on the podcast in particular you know i'm pretty sure that ea was over there looking at the success of resident evil seeing how resident evil reinvented itself with uh seven and being like, you know what? I think we can do the same thing with this Dead Space thing. I feel like the same thing happening over at Konami is like, we can reinvent mm-hmm. this this genre. We can reinfuse life into it. There's clearly a uh, a desire for it because Resident Evil keeps putting up numbers. So it's like we want a piece of that pie, right? Like the horror genre is so sparse right now that it's not necessarily a competition anymore, right? It's just like yeah. if if you can get two, three more of those games out and you don't position them around the same time as Resident Evil. People are going to go buy them because people want to play horror games. Phasmophobia mm-hmm. is another example of like that was a phenomenon last summer, right? People want these horror experiences. Um, so yeah, that's all I had to say about that. But to what Manny had mentioned about this hopefully being like the start of something that Konami does working with other publishers or sorry, studios to make games and they'll, you know, Konami themselves will publish the IP. What games do you guys want to see? You know, like I, I, just starting off with one thing that I want to see in particular, Castlevania. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll shout out um, Adam, a coworker of mine for this idea. But he mentioned that, you know, a crossover that he want to see from from way back when Chris had the his crossover icebreaker is a Castlevania mixed with like a Souls-like game. And I think that would be super dope. Now, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think the studio that could make that is actually Tango uh Tango Gameworks, is that what it's called? The people who make The Evil Within. Um, mm. you know, the head of that studio is a former Resident Evil developer. I think it'd be really interesting to make a Castlevania game with those Demon Souls or Dark Souls elements, but to make it scary. Like, actually 
super scary. Like just meshing together all those genres would be super cool. So that'd be my dream project to see Konami, you know, work with someone like that and and make something that, you know, the world really hasn't seen yet. Um, But yeah, I want to know if you guys have any ideas like that, like who might make Metal Gear or something else along those lines. So Chris, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, crap. Hmm. Hmm. I need a time. I need a second to think about this. Goop, you go. I, okay. I gotta think about. Sorry, this. I know I like dropped that on you guys yeah, out of nowhere. So no, no, no. It's right. You know, and I'm gonna hit this with this. You know, Co- Konami could just you know just knock on the door. Hey, hey, Kojima. You know, I know we kind of left them red turn. That's but... easy though. <laughs> That's easy. Metal Gear kind of needs that reviving, my guy. <laughs> You know, it sucks because, like, you know, looking at the games like Metal Gear and it's just, like, just sent, sent on gold, practically. And, like, maybe not the main franchise of Metal Gear. Um, I remember, actually, uh, when they first announced, like, Metal Gear Rising and how it was. I kind of wish they didn't, like, take a turn and went to Platinum Games to do it. So, like, I, I mean... I don't know how to explain it because, like, the thing about Metal Gear Rising is like a fast-paced hack and slash kind of game, mm-hmm. and you can't really make it like a Souls-like kind of game either. You know what I mean? Like, because like you're playing as Raiden, the dude is like basically a cyborg with a sword. So, right. yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard. But I feel like if you maybe take a maybe like revisit that Metal Gear Rising part of Metal Gear where you're playing as Ryzen and maybe go for like a I, would, I don't know. I don't want to say Souls Like because like that's just too easy. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's gonna say Souls Like, and it's like next thing you know, everybody wants it because it's Souls Like. Yeah, but I feel like Souls Like Souls Like games can't be too fast paced, right? That's like, the thing. Yeah, that's what. And it's I, I don't know. I just didn't like the way Platinum did it with their iteration of it. Like it just didn't feel like Metal Gear because like the thing was like. Like, the original Metal Gear Rising wasn't supposed to be, like, this fast-paced action where they're throwing a bunch of, like, enemies at you, like, these geckos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It looked more like a traditional Metal Gear, but, like, you also had, like, the features of the sword. and yeah, like the precision the cutting and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, maybe, maybe if you could find... I don't know any particular studios that can, that I can think of on the top of my head, but, like, maybe if you, like I said, revisit that... Try to maybe go back to its original roots with Metal Gear Rising and possibly, you know, start something there. Mm. Okay. Chris, you got anything yet? Um, all right. So my answer isn't really it, it's not really involved in with some of their older stuff. If I had to pick something for Konami to work with, it's gonna sound left field to sell. I I I know. It would have to probably be like uh, actually let me ask this question first. When when DMC came out. Who made that? It wasn't the same people who made the last few Devil May Cry's, right? Yeah, I think it was Ninja Theory. I, like, I just want to. I would love to see that happen because I think that would be a great revival for that franchise in particular. Because I'm kind of tired of how Devil May Cry's been doing things for a while. Granted, I don't know well, if they ever worked together. The question but. was specifically around Konami, though. I thought it was Konami working with another studio to. Isn't that what you guys were talking about? Yeah, but Devil. So, so what? What franchise are you talking about? Because Devil May Cry is a Capcom thing. I, I, I must have misunderstood the question. Um, so, so okay. So Konami is working with Bluebird Team to do Silent Hill, right? So, what other Konami IP would you want Konami to go reach out to another studio to make? So, like, 
between Metal Gear oh. and Castlevania, like specifically with there's not Konami. even that many to work with. Yeah, it's like right, yeah. Uh, uh, um, shit, I gotta look at. I mean, it's it's you don't have to have an answer. It's fair. I definitely yeah, I mean, from the so Don't yeah, even worry about it. Composed of Metal Gear Solid, so it's like. What else could you really choose on the list? Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Here we go. We'll have the metal, uh, we'll have we'll have the Devil May Cry team make Metal Gear Rising. There. there is also a rumor that multiple Silent Hill games might be in the works, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I will. We'll, we could revisit that, Chris. If you if you something else pops up in your yeah, head, no, I mean, there's just not really much to touch on besides <laughs> what you guys touched on. If that's what the question is, you yeah. know. Um, I think well, there's a couple other Konami games, but I don't know how relevant some, some of them yeah, might like, be. Looking at some of these like Lunar Nights, I never played that. Yeah, well, uh, you never have. Oh, <laughs> 12 Tender Killers. Don't know what that is. Like, there's a couple games on this list, I just don't know what they are. That's oh, right, Zone okay. of Enders. Oh, whoa, pause, oh, pause. There it goes. Bring it back <laughs> right there. Oh, shit. hold on, on the fly. That's it. That's it right there. Bam, stop playing. I forgot about that one. That was my shit. <laughs> Day, bro. I played that game hard. Oh, that game was fun. It was really, really fun. And that was back when I was still on Sony. Um, mm, I played part one and two of that shit. That shit's awesome. Can you think I of a developer you want to touch that one? Uh, the first thing that came to my mind, and I feel like it's going to be really weird. Don't say Square Enix. Nah, Square nah. Enix. It actually respawned the people who make Titanfall. Like, I think it would oh, be that's... interesting to see how they would tackle that. Because they're yeah. clearly more of, like, a shooter studio. But, like, the way that they handled Titans, I feel like was pretty good. And you could kind of see how that would translate to, you know, Zone of Enders. I'd even be happy with a remake for that. Not even a remake, but, like, a remaster, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I would really be happy with that. That game was awesome, man. Maybe they could get a team like, you know, Blue Point to, you know, remake Zone of Vendors because, you know, Blue Point's always good with the remakes. They yeah, are. Here for they one. are. As long as that game franchise <laughs> comes back, I would be so happy, bro. They are. I remember, like, playing that game at my uh, uncle in law's house back when I was a kid because he had PlayStation. I have one. And I would play it, get as far as I could. And he lived in New Jersey at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would literally wait until we had another like family function or something like that, and pray to God he still had the game at his house, so that we would actually come back after all these months. I could be like, all right, this is where I was. Let me. <laughs> but I'm talking about gaps like months in between play sessions for this game because I didn't have it. Man, that shit was fun, super mm-hmm. super fun. Like I'd be like, hey, how you guys? How you guys doing? I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, man, your PlayStation still set up? It's in the living room. All right, bet I'll be back. And I'll be yeah. Back. I'd be in the room. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, yo, Manny, I appreciate you setting me up for this one, though, because uh, this is actually going to bring us to our next topic here, which is uh, it was all about Sony. Sony got a lot of news this week, man. So Manny mentioned Blue Point in particular. We know Blue Point, you know, I mean, that'd be dope if they made a Zone Avengers remake because I would actually love to see that. But we know they've made remakes on um, Demon Souls. And then what did they make the last? Is it the last? Guardian? I think they made. um. Shadow of Colossus. What is yeah, it called? Shadow Colossus. Yeah, that. Shadow okay, Colossus. yeah. They they made a remake on that. Um, well, yeah. Sony had some big news where they bought House Marquee this week. Um, the developers of Returnal, which is 
fantastic news for that for that studio. I mean, they definitely deserve it because people are absolutely loving Returnal. Um, but also later in the week, they also purchased uh, Nixies, which is a company that typically does a lot of uh, PC ports. I know they work with Square Enix pretty frequently. They worked on the PC port of uh, the Avengers game and a number of other games. But within that news, um, looks like I think it was either Sony Japan or Sony Russia. I can't remember exactly, but one of those accidentally posted out a, a image that showed you know Sony bought Bluepoint, which uh, quickly got taken down, and you know they fixed it and, and put back up uh, Housemark. Uh, but you know it seems like this is clearly the next thing. Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible that 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 deal may have gone through, but it seems like it's almost a done deal, right? Like. We know that they've been working with Sony for a while, you know, on those two games that we uh, mentioned in particular. So it seems like only a natural progression for Sony to purchase them. But a lot mm-hmm. of people in the industry have been talking about the hypocrisy of the situation where, again, I think it's a great thing that, that Sony bought those two, stu- those two studios, potentially three studios, because, you know, it just means more good games for for gamers, right? Uh, this Nixies thing might mean that there'll be more PC ports of um, Ghost of Tsushima and all these other games that may come to PC faster, which seems to be kind of Sony's strategy. But, you know, not too long ago, we just had this conversation around um, Jim Ryan poking fun at Xbox for, you know, buying Bethesda and like they claim that they don't want to throw money, which was his term, um, at studios to get exclusives and so on and so forth. They want to do things organically. Which I think is ironic because you're buying all these studios. Like it's I don't know, it's weird. But mm-hmm. you know, I do think it's a great thing for these studios. Um, you know, we'll just go around the room and get get everybody's impressions on this stuff. So Manny, what do you think about the purchase? Yeah, I mean, you know, we it's funny because like initially, like, you know, since I really never heard that much of Housemark or Marquee, whatever you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so they bought them. Uh, I thought they were like already a studio with them or whatever, because you know <laughs> we saw Returnal being a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. But you know, like I, I I'm not surprised because, like I said, it was just like one of those situations where all right, Sony has this exclusive Returnal, might as well you know purchase the studio and make more possible exclusive with them. I mean, I think they really did a great job with. Returnal, um, and I know I mentioned Icebreaker, like if only they did like a multiplayer like mode or whatever, but other than that, it's a, like I said, a great game. Um, and like how they not only like implemented the features of the DualSense controller, but like the way they did their level design of like, all right, you you got this one playthrough. If you die, you got to start all over again, etc. So we know that like, you know, it's just what 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 to expect? You know what I mean. Like what to expect next from them? I mean, will we see a sequel? I I haven't beat Return. I'll be honest, but you know, like them and with the whole PC port too. Um, with Nixies, what you said with Nixies. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember Phil Spencer. You know, talking about how like yeah, you know, it's nice that you guys got these games coming to PlayStation, but you got to buy them again. It's like. If they pour more PlayStation games to PC and it's like, like, for example, Horizon Forbidden West, not Forbidden West, Zero Dawn. like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have to purchase it again on PC. And I like, I, you no, know, I, I have a hard time faulting Sony for that. Right. Because there's only so much you can do. Like, you don't yeah. own those spaces. I guess 
I guess the only thing I can see Sony doing is if they uh, actually this seems realistic. If they actually built a storefront that linked between those two things, but I don't know if they have the resources for that. I I I have a hard time faulting Sony for that situation. They could solve it, but I feel like they won't, and I don't know if they necessarily have the resources nah, it, to do it elegantly. I know it's, it sucks because, like, you know, I mean, it, it sucks for, like, the older games because, you know, they've been porting a lot of older games into the PC store, and, like, you know, it would be nice day one if they have them both side by side, so maybe this will help that problem, or maybe we will see them become, you know, day one sales on PC and console. But it also do suck when, you know, let's say you start on the, you know, Dust Training on PlayStation 4 and you never got to beat it and it comes out on PC and you hear that it runs better on PC and stuff like that. And you just like, uh, pain. But like, I mean, not everybody has the same, you know, issues, but it's also, like I said, you know, if they do it where it's like they launch both at the same time, because PlayStation do have a history of just like, you know, launching these games on PlayStation first and then PC later. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that will solve that issue. Um, yeah, I'm 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 hopeful that it will because I think that's you know that's that's a good opportunity for Sony to get these the the day one revenue stream of a PC you know port essentially like it's obviously been working very well for Microsoft. You know, we, we see that their their revenue stream is is great <laughs> around that mm-hmm. and obviously the the advent of uh, game pass for pc and so on and so forth right but them releasing their first party games on pc day and date like that's a big deal and i think that you know sony wants a slice of that pie so this nixie's thing definitely seems like part of that and in addition to that they said that you know they're going to use them as a support studio as well so they they won't only be doing pc ports i'm sure they'll be helping out with the creation of certain games you know offloading certain resources and whatnot so i think this is a good thing for sony studios as a whole to you know acquire someone like nixies because they're very very good at what they do like they do a very good job with their ports um you know i think the the avengers one in particular people had said had ran very well in comparison to even just the the base game on on consoles so you know it's it's impressive to see um chris but yeah what do you think about this stuff bro Speak your take. um i honestly i can't ever say it's a bad thing when like studios get acquired um the only way in my eyes this would be bad would be if it was less of a situation where they're planning on utilizing the studio and more of a oh we're just going to sign them so that way microsoft or somebody else can sign them because mm-hmm. if it becomes something like that, then that's a whole other ballgame. Then that's literally like you don't even have good intentions. You're just trying to stop somebody else from making money, which is 100% I mean, different. I'm sure that's that plays a role, though. It, it does, but mm-hmm. it, it, it'd be different if we literally just saw them to sit on the acquisition and not do nothing with it, mm-hmm. which I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Because um, I've seen that happen in other spaces in entertainment and stuff like that. Well, yeah. like, you know, we want to make sure they can't eat, so we're going to. We don't even want this dude. <laughs> yeah, it's just we're out of spite. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't even want them. Um, so hopefully it doesn't become any of that. After that, though, I, it's hard for me to see where there's a negative to anything. No, like it seems like this is just nothing. This is like routine to me. Like it should have happened. You got certain games that are getting made for your platform, and you have a good relationship with these development studios. Why not take some more of them under your wing? If there's some hypocrisy going on here, oh yeah. Oh yeah, because they they tried to like talk shit and all that kind of stuff before, and then now look. But be that as it may, is it a bad thing though? No, it's it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad at all. It doesn't make any sense to ever say that it's a bad thing ever. Um, 
if you're Nintendo, Microsoft, or Sony, if you have the money to buy these studios and they get more exclusivity and more things, more more tools in your kit, is the way you got to kind of look at it, you know? How's that bad? It's not. How, how is that yeah. bad? You know, it's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's like somebody who's a mechanic and they just added like three more tools to their tool shed. It's cool. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's cool. It just made you more productive. So, um, yeah, as long as they're not sitting on these acquisitions or whatever, I have no bad things to say about this, which is shocking because I have a lot of negative things to say about Sony <laughs> in, in recent times. But this this, this isn't one of them. Yeah. Um, now, do I think it moves a needle heavily? Like, this is not in the same vein as, like, Microsoft getting Bethesda. Hell no. Not even close. But, again, it's positive nonetheless. Nothing, nothing bad come out of that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want to go down this road, but um, I did see some people try to make that comparison, and I'm like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, y'all wild. It's not even close. <laughs> not even close to the same. Like y'all they acquired a whole publishing arm. Like that. it's more akin to when you know um, when Microsoft bought Double Fine, when Microsoft bought Ninja Theory. Like it's more akin yeah. to that. Like those are really good studios smaller studios um you know and it it definitely will be like a a feather in their cap it's a good thing for them to have like you know Mm -hmm. the 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 area like chris mentioned the area where uh acquiring studios becomes a bad thing is when you stifle their innovation when you tell them oh you have to go do this thing for us now and you when they really want to go do this other thing you know housemark I'm pretty confident. I don't know if it's House Marquee or House Mark. I'm pretty sure it's House Mark because I feel like that's what I've been hearing other people say. But either way, House Mark in particular, they've made Returnal, you know, and like we mentioned beforehand, I think the only reason Returnal didn't end up doing some of the other things that we talked about may have just been resources, right? If if you're working under Sony, they may not have the same type of resources that Microsoft has. Like Microsoft will basically write you a blank check, right? But Sony, you know, they're willing to spend some money on these AAA titles. I'm sure this house, this next Housemark game is going to be a triple A. It probably won't even be a roguelike game. It'll probably be a full fledged triple A action adventure shooter or whatever it is that you want to say in this Returnal universe, right? They're going to go mm-hmm. back to that well. Returnal 2 is probably going to be what it's called or at least be in the same yeah. universe because they've set something up here with that. And you notice that they keep utilizing the. Um, the main character's face a lot, like within the, the marketing material. So I think they want this to be like a part, like, you know, just like you see Ratchet's face everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Like they want this mm-hmm. to be a marquee franchise for Sony. So something that they can constantly reference back to. Like you'll remember that face in the same way you remember seeing um, the Doom Slayer's helmet or Master Chief's helmet and so on and so forth. So this seems mm-hmm. like a very strategic thing, the way that they're showing off everything, the marketing behind it, all that jazz. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving it though. I, lo- I love to see that that Sony has this focus on these particular studios. Um, we'll get into a couple of things in a second about you know some areas that Sony's failing in, but you know want to pivot to another piece of news that Sony announced this week. Um, it's really the, this new Ghost of Tsushima director's cut here. So Manny, I'm gonna let you kind of take this one away. So what do we got yeah. going on with it? Yeah, I like how we you know talk about it one week and the next week it happens. So you know we got that charm. We got that charm. <laughs> we were but a little yeah, off I mean, on how it happened, but yeah, yeah, I, mean, I know. <laughs> Sadly, we ain't getting no say to play, but you know that's a discussion for another topic yep, later, yep, whatever. Yep, yeah. But uh, um, yeah, we finally got our uh, you know Ikishima news, or shall I say, the Ghost of Tsushima 
director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, all it really is basically is like, all right, you get these enhanced 4K 60 frame graphics for your PS4. I'm oh, not PS4, PS5. Um, they also mentioned how like the Japanese lip sync was a problem on. Um, what is it called? Uh, the PS4 version, which, you know, I do play on Japanese, so I do see it sometimes. So they finally fixed the whole Japanese lip sync, which is great as well. Also, um, we get that Ikishima um, expansion expansion that we all been, you know, talking about. Sadly, not in the form of like a Miles Morales, where it's like a separate thing you could buy instead of having to pay a whole $70 for Ghost of Tsushima with the Ikishima in it. Um, and they also say after you complete Act 2 or start Act 2, you get to explore this Ikishima Island. So, you know, it'd be great to, you know, new content. Hopefully, you know, it ain't like one of those things where it's like a small DLC. Okay, you get to see this island, do some missions, and that's it. Hopefully, it's like a Miles Morales expansion where we get this, you know, a little bit of more story to it that we get to um, see that will last us like a good five, six hours, hopefully. Um, It will be coming out in August. I believe August 20th. And yeah, like I said, it's currently seventy dollars for PS5. Or if you want to buy the director's cut on the PS4 version, it would be sixty dollars with the ten dollar upgrade later down the line if you want to get the PS5. And you also have a feature, not a feature, but um, <clears throat> um, if you have for the PS4 already right now, there's a twenty dollar upgrade pre-order. Um, but if you don't pre-order and you buy it the day of release, it's thirty dollars, not twenty dollars. Okay. So then I guess, in a way, it is like Miles Morales then, right? Because technically, well, Miles Morales was, what, $30 as well? If you, like, it, well, I guess you didn't need to have the original Spider-Man game. Too. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the difference, you didn't yeah. You didn't need it. Like, if you wanted to buy Miles Morales, it was just, you know, yeah, 40 you bucks it, and yeah. you get to play. But this is like but, a, so you pay $30 to upgrade if you already own the game on PS4. Yeah, if you don't own the game, it's $70. I'm glad, you know, that it it's not like how the ori- original Spider-Man was, where um, they said in order to play, you know, the Spider-Man remaster for the PS5, you have to shell, shell out either $70 for the Miles Morales, or I think they charged it separately. So, you know, at least it's 20 bucks to upgrade for pre-order now, but yeah, I, I, still, I still don't know how I feel. I just I don't, I don't know why. Well, why is it like so? The fact that you just explained all of that, right? And it's just mm-hmm. weird. Why? Why does it have to be that way? Like, mm-hmm. and uh, I, d- I don't want to bring it to this. And like, the only thing we can do is compare it to their competition, right? Like Xbox, they have the smart delivery stuff. It's just simple. You buy the game. Like, for example, Doom Eternal, right? Like another game of the year candidate, right? We knew that it came out last year. They like released a was it invasion mode? I think it was called. They released the ray tracing stuff, the 120 frames, all that stuff. That was a free upgrade. Like that's it. Boom, we're good. And mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like they they use that little expansion. We don't even know necessarily how big it is. So I guess I can't complain too much. But we don't, you know, like they use that expansion as a way to justify reselling the game for seventy dollars. And then mm-hmm. charging us a whole thirty dollars for these these upgrades that on the competition are free. 
And then it's even <laughs> compounded worse. And I know we're going to bring up the word that everybody hates to hear, but it's even compounded worse when you factor in Game Pass. <laughs> if you have Game Pass with that Doom Eternal, like you never paid anything other than the subscription fee, like the, the access to get through the door. That was it. Oh, no. Oh, okay. We're back. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's always so weird with Sony, man. Like, and then, then you got people out here like shucking and jiving for them. Like, Oh, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's worth the $70. Like, is it, is it really like, it was worth it when it first came out, but it's, it's, have, it's a great game. A year later. Yeah. A year later, shelling out $7 for potentially just an expansion. And 4k. I mean, yeah. I understand. Like, and I understand like the graphics upgrade, but like you mentioned how, like, Microsoft and you know not only just Game Pass, but how there's this thing called smart delivery, <laughs> where yeah. you literally you know the, it, it comes out the you know the expansion for the next gen upgrade. You just click on the game. It says, "Would you like to upgrade?" Hit yes. It downloads the update, and also brings to uh, the save data through the cloud base. And they mentioned here, like you could you know transfer your PS4 save data to the PS5 version. But we've seen what happened with Marvel's Avengers and how bad that happened. So, like, you better get prepared for those, uh, you know, PlayStation users that, you know, that experienced it once. You know, who knows if they did anything to fix that. So, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Sony, Sony, they, they're doing some weird stuff, man. They're doing some weird stuff. Uh, but, Chris, what do you think about this? In my opinion, it's very much like how it is with, like, if you're an Apple fan, right? If you're a person who buys Apple products and you tout that. Now, Apple products are very good. I'm not saying that they're not good. But there's a lot of different ways where I look at what they do, and I'm like, damn, y'all dead-ass me nickel and diamond people on certain things sometimes, whereas you don't get that with the competitor. And I could talk to certain folks about Apple products and certain folks, like, if I talk to you about them, I know you're going to have a good, we're going to have a good conversation, Right. Whereas mm-hmm. if you talk to somebody who's a casual who buys an iPhone, they don't even know half the things that their phone does, right? Mm-hmm. But they're ready to sit there and oh, oh, da, da, da. Apple, Apple, Apple. It's the same thing with PlayStation, in my opinion. You know, it's a lot of folks who uh, kind of just, you know, they don't really, like they know, but then they kind of don't know. You, you know what I'm saying? It's more like a, I don't know, I'm trying to say this without talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I, it's hard. Yeah, I'm trying to say it without sounding like an asshole, but like I've tell, I've been in too many of these conversations, and it's 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 literally like the same thing to me with the with the PlayStation stuff, man. It's like, uh, <laughs> like everything sounds like a cash grab. When you look at every I, like, I would say some of their stuff is like this is like a third strike almost, in my opinion, for a lot of things because. They keep doing shit like this. You know, mm-hmm. when we go look back at the crossplay stuff from way back, right? When crossplay and cross save really was starting to become a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Who is the person that, or who's not the person, but who was in the way of a lot of this stuff happening before? Them, right? Mm-hmm. Then we look at good old GP. I'm not even going to say the full thing. Good old GP. Been out for a while. Doing their thing. All they have to do is copy the model and do it on their end, and they refuse to do it. Again, who who's doing this? them so it's like there's a lot of things you can keep on looking at me like bro like y'all mm-hmm. come, yeah, on, it's, bro. Like, come on it's yeah see and uh see now i was gonna skip this conversation but you kind of leaned into it already so i guess we'll t- we'll dabble into it a little bit but some of that stuff dabble. you're talking about like that 
<laughs> that leaks into like developers' confidence in the in the platform, right? Like a lot those business practices you're talking about and like the ways those things went down, like they seem to translate over to sales or lack of sales in some certain situations. Like, you know, there's there's a pretty big um conversation that came up this week where uh I don't I don't remember the developer's name, but the developer basically released a chart talking about how Sony's policies affect um how well their game sells on the platform. Uh so they they kind of in like a tongue in cheek way showed off this chart that showed um I forgot what they what they called Microsoft. Are you- they had the a one funny, that sells fridge. The one, the, <laughs> the one that sells a fridge. That well, that was a different. That was a different chart that came out. But basically, it was like the same concept. Like I think, I think it was something that described Master Chief. I think, and then the other one was like um, the plumber with with no wrench or something, which was which no, was yeah, Nintendo wrench, yeah. and so on. So like he had a really funny like tongue in cheek way of showing off like how well his games sell. Indie developer in particular, how well his game sells on different platforms. And the PlayStation one was tiny. It was like the lowest. Uh, mark out of them all i think i think microsoft's was the was a bigger one than i think we were expecting um and then nintendo was kind of like right after that and then i think steam for the first chart wasn't that much but then there was another chart that was referenced where steam was kind of the biggest one but microsoft was still another big chunk like it's just interesting like these business practices that sony has going on for them and like ironically enough all these people who are shucking and driving for like yeah i'll pay 70 dollars for this game that is not translating over to to these game developers these smaller indie game developers in particular and like they're getting pretty pissed off about it and then there's the other side of the coin where you know you factor in like you know so sony was trying to stifle crossplay Sony then said, okay, if you're going to do cross-play and your game doesn't sell more of its microtransactions on our platform, then you have to pay us more money. Like, at mm-hmm. some level, if I'm an indie developer, why am I even putting my stuff on PlayStation, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, in theory, PlayStation has the market share, right? They're the market leader for console gaming in particular, right? They have all these units sold, so on and so forth. But people clearly aren't buying the stuff on there. You know, they mentioned that in order to get any sort of visibility on the PlayStation Store, you have to shell out, I think the developer said, what, $25,000? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's not including the 30% they have to take, too. Right, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, you're an indie developer. You have to shell out $25,000 to be visible on the store. And then once that happens, Sony takes 30% of your cut? No. (laughs) Like, that's nutty. And then, around, bro. Yeah, <laughs> straight up. And then the next side of that coin is um, another developer mentioned how um, their game. You know, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but you know, their game uh, came out with a piece of DLC, and that DLC sold two thousand copies on Xbox and only mm-hmm. sold seven copies on PlayStation. Seven copies. That's sad. That's so that's sad. Not exaggerating too. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's that's real. Yeah, crazy. he said literally up until that point, like it was a tweet that that came out. I'll see if I can dig it up and post the, the picture up of it. But like seven copies, that's pathetic. And mm-hmm. you know, you can you can make the argument that oh, well, maybe the game isn't good enough. But if it's multiple developers telling you the same thing and saying, hey, these games are selling better over here, and people and and some of the people who are like talking about how. You know, like Game Pass is ruining the industry, yada, yada, yada. But Game Pass is on Xbox. It's on PC. 
yet people are still shelling out money for these games. Like people always talk about the, the financial viability of Game Pass for developers. Clearly, developers aren't hurting in this particular way, right? Like mm-hmm. the numbers, and obviously we haven't seen the numbers, but a lot of these developers are saying like the numbers financially work for them. It helps them out because even though the game you know, even though that people don't have to buy the game, a lot of the times people will buy the game or they'll be more willing to spend money on microtransactions because they didn't have to spend the $60 or the $40 or whatever it turns out to be. Um, it's it's crazy to me, right? Like, man, yeah, Sony, Sony's doing some weird stuff again. Like, yeah, in a lot of ways, like, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're at the top, right? They, they're, they're able to release the, the Ghost of Tsushima's and have the game be as good as it is and able to go buy Housemark and Nixie's and possibly Bluepoint and so on and so forth. But they still have these issues that they have to iron out where, you know, developers are not happy with working on their platform. It's really weird, man. But That's a big problem, too. Big problem. Like, you can't just sit on that, bro. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, like that's huge. Those developers make your platform. Like, yeah, you can you can make your uh, AAA games all you want, right? Like, you can be the AAA machine, as the, one of the developers had referenced. But you need things to flush out the rest of that lineup. Like, and and I guess at the same time, like that is a large reason why people buy like PlayStation systems, right? They they'll play the exclusives, and and that'll kind of be it. Like, look at look at Manny, you and I, right? Like. We play the exclusives on PlayStation and everything else, like multiplayer games, we just won't touch the system for. We'll just play mm-hmm. Xbox. And that's just how we are. And I'm sure a lot of people are like that too. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Eventually, at what point will that come to bite Sony in the butt is the real question. Mm-hmm. I and mean, like yeah. everything we've seen, all these bad trends, like sooner or later, it's just going to take effect. Like, you know, like we mentioned earlier with the whole, like, um, smart delivery, how Xbox has that easy system, but PlayStation, you have to do this long process just to have both games, um, you know, with the save data and all that kind of stuff. So, like, it will, it will eventually come to, like, you know, light. And I think also, like, the fact that, like, even though Sony is selling a lot of consoles and is beating, like, the record of their PS4 so far, when it first launched, like, you know, these console shortages is, like, you know, not everybody has been able to got, get a console yet, but on both maybe sides. the shortage, yeah. maybe maybe the shortage is doing a, you know, justice to see like you know maybe shine the light on like the negativity of like Sony and like how, all right, like yeah, Sony was good in the PS4 generation, but it looks like the Series X now in this generation might be the future of gaming and yeah. the smart choice. So, and and it's yeah. it, I'm really curious to see because as of right now, dude really due to this shortage, like PlayStation is outselling Xbox, right? Sony's able to make more PlayStations than X than Microsoft can make Xboxes. But if all things are equal, I feel like it might be a much closer race than people are giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very curious about it. But yeah. Chris, you were about to say something? No, 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 no. I'm just listening to all of the great eloquent things you guys are saying <laughs> and just nodding my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the shoes got to drop, I guess, at some point because I, I don't know. I just don't see how it it continues to be viable for people. To, people to are going to gravitate to the hotness. They just mm-hmm. it's, it, I'm telling you this right now. This is how I look at it. Microsoft is one hitter game away from maybe two, maybe let's say two, just to be generous. Mm. Two hitter games away that are exclusive and they're only on Microsoft 
from them really like shaking this shit up and really making some serious noise. Because mm-hmm. and Returnal to me was probably their biggest original title in the last twelve months, in my opinion. I don't really know if they had anything that's bigger than that. Sony. Think about it. I mean, yeah, Ratchet and Clank's pretty big. That's yeah, not right. original. That's already that's like a sequel that's been done. Oh, you mean oh, you mean like brand new IP, real brand new, yeah, brand new. Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah, I say Ghost of Tsushima. That's probably bigger than Returnal. Mm. Um, but either way, but my point is, there's only a, a handful, a small handful of things to really look at in that in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And all I'm saying is this: this is a. I think it is going to bite them in the ass unless they come up with some mm-hmm. some more stuff to kind of fill in these voids. Yeah, you can't keep sitting here relying on the same three IPs forever and then mm-hmm. acting like it's just never. I mean, I guess Nintendo's kind of doing it, but then to me, Nintendo's not in a top tier spot like the other two guys. They're like the third. They're not. Yeah. Also, well, top two. You know, so like it's different though. I feel like when Nintendo, Nintendo gets a different vibe because of the nostalgia aspect too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I guess yeah. technically, there's still like PlayStation's been around long enough for there to be. I guess all three of them have been around long enough for there to be nostalgia. But I don't think that Microsoft definitely doesn't get that pass, and Sony gets less of that pass. Um, the thing I will say about it is if Sony continues at this pace, even though they're making great AAA games, those games look a lot alike. Like Returnal is probably the only one that I wouldn't say that for because it's more, it's different. It's a roguelike, it's this, that, it's the other. But when you look at a lot of the, the PlayStation exclusives, they're pretty similar in that it's like adventure first person experiences, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you really break it down, Uncharted doesn't look that much different than Horizon, doesn't look that much different than God of War, when you take it for what it is at face value, which is yeah. a, uh, like a third-person action-adventure game, right? And they're mm-hmm. amazing games. They do an amazing job at it. But, you know, at some level, that has to come to a head. Chris, yeah. you mentioned, like, those two big exclusives for Microsoft. It's Halo and Starfield. Like That's those- kind of where I'm headed with it, too, yeah. yeah. Like no, I was gonna, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. my bad. No, go all just like going to each other. No, go <laughs> no, I was gonna say, like how Chris <laughs> mentioned it, how it's like, it's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, they might have these big exclusives or whatever. Like, all right, so let's put it like this: let's say Horizon Forbidden West comes out maybe November, at the same time or like around the same time as Halo. Yeah, Horizon Forbidden West is gonna have that like praise for like a couple weeks, month, two months. But, you know, six months down the line, a year down the line, people still going to be playing Halo, especially for the simple fact that Halo is free. It's a competitive multiplayer game. It has Mm -hmm. huge esports like support. Mm -hmm. So we know that game is going to last for a while. So when you compare, you know, like paying 70 bucks for Horizon Forbidden West compared to a free multiplayer game that you get on Xbox, on PC and it will Cloud. give you that longevity that you need. That's what makes Xbox great, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have different opinions, obviously. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. They're great story games, but, you know, they can only get you as far as you really can. You beat the game. You maybe complete everything, do all the side quests, these little knickknacks that you have to find. Yeah, I mean, you do that, but, like, what's left after? You can't just keep on playing the game forever, whereas, like, Halo is this arena shooter is going to give you more, like, these uh like memories of like these epic moments that you're gonna get in the yeah. battlefield you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's what playstation struggles with and like you said Denzel, they're all like the same this action adventure game you know beautiful landscapes and everything like that but that's 
pretty much what we've been really getting from them for the last couple of years. And it's, you know, Tony either has to make a change or is they're just going to get exposed. Yeah. Uh, put it, you put it beautifully, man. They, I think they, they are very much in a position where they can get exposed. I think that's, that's obviously why you see them buying house mark and like seeing the things that they're trying to do. They are, I will give them credit. They are trying to do something, but I guess, Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how fast they're going to change up some of their policies, how fast they really see the light on certain things. Like, you know, we know that Insomniac's making a multiplayer game, so maybe that'll be one of their first forays into really trying to get some longevity in some of their first party titles. But outside of that, like, I, well, I guess what PlayStation, what is that? Uh, Destruction All Stars, that's a multiplayer game. So I guess mm-hmm. you got something going there. But generally, they don't really thrive well with multiplayer stuff. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Destruction All-Stars. <laughs> that game was talked about probably for like a couple of days, and next thing you know, whoop, yeah, it's gone. gone. <laughs> but like, where's their, like, they don't have a Redfall or nothing like that. You know, they don't have a, mm-hmm. a game. Redfall didn't even come out yet, right? right. We don't even know if it's good. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's it's a it's different from... All, we just have more variety on this side of the fence. Mm-hmm. That's all I it think is so too. Yeah. To it. That's so just too, all yeah. it is. It's a lot more variety in terms of what we currently have, in terms of what's currently going to be coming out in the future. All that stuff is just way more variety. It goes back to what you said. All those games are very much action RPG uh, kind of weird games that you kind of play. Whereas over here on this side, it's like you've got a lot of that stuff too. And you know you're going to get more of it with Bethesda going forward with some of this mm-hmm. other stuff. You know you're going to get some of it going forward with some of the other studios. I wouldn't even say and they then, have an RPG though, right? Like I'm not sorry, not to cut you off, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even call them RPGs. They're literally just action adventure games. I only call them RPGs in the sense of action RPGs because that's what I used to call God of War and the rest of them. Like any of them kind really? of games where like you're walk. Yeah, because there still was an aspect of you like using a perk tree and trying to like itemize your guy kind of a sense. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I called it that. Um, it's not open world or anything. I can like see that, it, yeah. but just yeah. I, I guess I guess I call it I'll call it like a baby RPG because when you think about it in the realm of like a Starfield or a Skyrim and so on yeah, and so forth, no, like I don't know if I would like if I call that an RPG, I couldn't call God of War an RPG. But I do understand the skill tree aspect. Is like yeah, you can call it an RPG in that way. Like similar to how I say like 2K is like one of the most popular RPGs in the world, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I I get it. I'm there. I'm with you. I'm with you. But yeah, yeah, they they just don't have anything that like at least not that I've seen. Like they don't even have a a uh, a bleeding edge, and nobody really plays bleeding edge like that. But they don't. What what is Sony's version of that? Right. Yeah, you they, know they don't they don't have it. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, for as many risks as they they say that they let their studios make, their games all look very much the same. So yeah, yeah like yeah. there's no there's no grounded on on PlayStation, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Ain't no grounded. There's, there's obviously no Halo. There's no Gears of War. And I guess the times where they tried to make those multiplayer games, like it didn't really go well, right? Like I guess Killzone didn't really hit the way they wanted it to, so they let God, that go. Definitely. Yeah. God. Well, Godfall. I don't. I don't even necessarily consider that that mm. like in the same way because Godfall was made by another company. They just paid for yeah. some level of exclusivity. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the thing that I guess really if you're just a PlayStation gamer though you don't care about that at the end of the day because mm-hmm. you can still go play God of, or sorry Call of Duty and all those other games like you don't you, you may not look at it as because you don't know what you're missing you don't you're not looking at it as like oh I don't have this multiplayer experience I don't have this I don't have mm-hmm. that but then if you come over to the other side and you start playing the Halos you start playing the Gears of Wars you see Game Pass you see all these different things it's really 
to me, it's hard for me to sit there and say like, oh, well, like Xbox sucks after playing all of these things and seeing all these different things that it has yeah. to offer. It's it's weird to me, but you know, alas, there are thing, there are the console warriors out there who uh, over here trying to argue with me. These iPhone people, I'm telling you, I'm sitting there and I'm like, bro, I can do so much with my Android. And they want to argue with me about like the color of my bubble and the text messages or some shit like that. I was like, bro, what? Like, this is not. Yeah. Priorities. Same right? shit, bro. Things, yeah, the Same things that they're shit. focused on. Yeah. Same it's, shit. it's 90% of it is because it's just how mainstream it is. Like, I know, yeah. like, you mentioned the argument between Apple and Android. We see, like, not only, you know, how mainstream it is with everybody owning it, but you also got these, like, memes that, like, try to like make fun of android and their quality on like an app you know what i'm saying yeah like snapchat for example like oh your snapchat camera quality sucks was like yeah so but can your camera you know take pictures and record an ak no. no so like only, you buy a track phone you buy a track phone you got to know what you're getting into man no nah, well all androids are good <laughs> nah but but it, it is it is a thing where even if you have a high quality android phone like the app itself may not take advantage of how good the camera is like tiktok's mm-hmm. an example of that um, but even Manny, to your point, like there's more, and I guess this is another way, like this actually does make a good parallel between Xbox and PlayStation because there are more Android phones out in the world, right? There are mm-hmm. more Xbox and PCs and phones that can take advantage of xCloud than there are PlayStations in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an interesting analogy or, or in comparison or whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, at this point we're I guess we're kind of rambling, but it's a really good conversation. I think we should I think we should revisit this. This should be like a bonus episode or something. Um but yeah, we're we're, we're going to we're going to cut it off here for now. Before we go though, Manny, where can the people find you, bro? You already know, twitch.tv/goomasterflex, uh Instagram and Twitter, goomasterflex_ttv, as well as TikTok and no context game. All right, all right. My guy Chris where can, they, where can they pen pal you at, bro? Start off with that. Uh, what a pen pal Start off with the pen pal, man. Y'all better hit me up at M-A-Y-2-5-T-H-X-X at gmail dot motherfucking com. Goddamn. <laughs> Shit. Oh, and then I'm on everything else at the same handle. So again, M-A-Y-2-5-T-H-X-X on literally everything. So tum- not Tumblr. Nobody use Tumblr no more. Uh, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Twitch, YouTube, uh, 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 Discord, wherever you type that in, you might find a couple imposters, but they ain't got the XX. You always look for the XX, fam. Look for the XX. That's it. Can't forget that. Oh, That's it. You imposter. Uh, All right, guys. So for me, uh, it's Black Ice Eight on everything. You can find me on uh, Twitch TV slash Black Ice Eight. Find me on uh, Xbox Black Ice Eight, Twitter. Uh, Instagram is a little different. It's going to be black. I say underscore gaming. Same thing with the TikTok. Um, but yeah, guys, check, check, check me out. You know, say hi, mm-hmm. give me a little follow, whatever. Uh, also make sure to check out the, uh, the podcast Instagram, which is at X pod. I know we've been slacking on posting content up there. We got to get back on that a little bit, but, uh, but we mm-hmm. will do that ladies and gentlemen. So make sure to check us out. We're also on TikTok at expansion pack podcast. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for for listening or watching. You know, if, if you're uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music or anything along those lines, make sure to check out our our YouTube channel. And if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to check out our our Spotify and uh, Apple Music stuff. We got we'll check you guys out next week. Thank you guys for watching again. 
Peace.